How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We were poor, but we had love. That's the one thing that Daddy made sure of. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. 5 o'clock here in the Bayou City. And we always, on Sundays, we go down to Port O'Connor and check in with our good friend, Captain Lynn Smith. Hey, man. How are you? Oh, good. Doing good, man. How about you? I made another day. It's all good, brother. <laughs> it's always good. That's always yes, good. Yeah, buddy. Well, uh, I was talking with a buddy of mine down there at uh, George West, and uh, he was down there helping uh, helping our uh, ranch manager fill some feeders. They were getting ready for some hog hunters. and Heck, uh, they're already finding some sheds down there. I'm hearing that all over, you know, sheds on the ground. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, they're already dropping their horns. It's it's a little bit early, you know. Yeah. But uh, they're they're already shedding. Well, but, uh, there was a big old eight pointer that uh, uh, I've seen him several times in this one area when driving into the ranch and uh, the road curves and uh, right on that curve I've seen that deer several times and uh, he's a big eight and uh, this buddy of mine said he, they were going out to fill the feeders and found one of his sheds right there in the middle of the road <laughs> he he dropped it right there. Man, but, um, big weight. But yep. So uh, I like going out there looking for those sheds. And yeah, a lot of funny. people are really into that this time of year. They start doing, uh, you know, covering a lot of territory looking for sheds. Yeah, some people train their dogs to find them. You know, right? And uh, that's that's a big deal. That'd be the way to go, right there. Let the dog get them. Oh yeah, yeah. Fetch you yeah, up. It was funny. <laughs> a friend of mine. A friend of mine's wife, boy, she used to love for me to bring her sheds back from the ranch. And she, Christmas time, she'd make wreaths, you know, for the doors, front doors of people's houses, and mm. put a shed in them, you know, and, and real pretty, pretty wreaths. And and uh, one year she, uh, she asked me, I came back from the ranch. She said, uh, "Did you bring me any sheds?" And I said, "Oh man, I, I sure did." And I said, "I forgot to bring you some." And uh, this this buddy of mine on his ranch down there at uh, Freer. He had an old, old pickup truck. It was all rusted and everything. It was sitting out in the field. And and uh, we had filled the whole back of that truck with sheds. Just filled it. Wow. Know? 
and I took a picture of it, <laughs> and, I, and I sent it to her, and I said, well, but we lo- we did load the back of this truck with them, and boy, she sent me a text back. She said, that's not funny. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, it, was, it was a good picture. But, yeah, people uh, make a lot of cool stuff out of sheds, you know, deer horns and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. And, uh, boy, we found some good ones, you know. We have. But, you know, you they uh, – a lot of them find them right around. You find them right around the feeder pens, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they. Uh, we had this one hunter that uh, he wanted to shoot this one buck and a big buck, and and uh, this buddy of mine uh, had him in the stand with him. He said, "All right," he said, uh, "Well, Waley gets out of the feed pen. Don't shoot him in the pen." Well, that deer jumped out of the pen, and when he jumped out of the pen, his front hooves hit the ground. Both horns fell off. <laughs> He said, well, don't shoot him, don't shoot him. <laughs> you got his horns. <laughs> you got his so horns. when he jumped out of the pen and he hit the ground, his, his horns fell off? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Never yeah. seen that. <laughs> yeah, don't shoot him. Yeah, boy, howdy. I mean, we found, you know, both sets of horns in one spot before. You know, that's pretty neat. Right. Yeah, that's pretty, Yeah, that's all you need is the horns. <laughs> he got you a good cape. Yeah, you can have a reproduction made, you know. You sure can. Sure no can. problem. Kind of like a uh, fiberglass replica of a fish. That's exactly it. Yeah. Don't I've got, have to kill uh, it to mount it. That's right. I've got a couple of reproductions hanging in my house that, uh, you know, we had uh, we had some deer shot on the ranch that uh, were big, big deer, and, and uh, we had reproductions made out of them. And uh, we had... Uh, one big deer with double drops, and I said, "Man, I want to. I want one of the reproductions of that deer, because I'd seen that deer, you know, for two or three years, and uh, everybody'd seen him. He'd come to a couple of the feeders for like two or three years, and so uh, we had like eight reproductions made of him. And I said, "Well, I want one of them because, boy, I, you know, I could have shot him. You know, heck, all of us could have shot him. Right. So, uh, so anyway, we had reproductions made of him, and." And uh, anyway, I, I told this friend of mine, old Bobby Peterson, that has A-leaf taxidermy. I said, Bobby, I, I want to get a pedestal mount made of this deer. I mean, he's awesome. You know, he's big, wide, double drop times. And so Bobby had this reproduction made of him and, and a pedestal mount. And I went to pick him up, and and Bobby said, now you're going to – you can't lay him down in your truck because it's all one piece, and you got to stand him up in your truck. And I said, stand him up? <laughs> you mean I'm going to have to drive all the way back to Port O'Connor with this big monster buck standing up in the back of my truck? And he said, well, we'll tie him off. It'll be all right. So I'm driving back from, from A-Leaf all the way back to Port O'Connor with this big deer standing up in the back of my truck. It's amazing I didn't cause wrecks, man. I mean, 18-wheelers are blowing their horns and, yeah. and giving <laughs> thumbs up. People are slowing down, taking pictures, you know, and, and uh, I'm waving at everybody. And, oh, my goodness. It was it was a spectacle, I'll tell you. That's kind of like that video going around. I saw it on the news years back where that guy was driving down the road with a horse in the back of his truck standing up. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I bet that okay. caused some wrecks. <laughs> oh, you know it. <laughs> yeah, you know it. I got back to Port Carter, and uh, I, had to, <laughs> I had to get help get some people in the neighborhood to help me carry this deer upstairs <laughs> oh it was something but uh it's a pretty deer though i, I bet it that. is man that's pretty cool yeah. full body mount 
Oh yeah. Well, it's just a, it's a pedestal mount, you know? And, right. And, uh, I mean, it was such a big deer, you know, uh, oh, he's a pretty deer. And, uh, you know, you don't see many big, big double drop times, you know? No. I mean, he's got probably, you know, eight inch drops. And, uh, I said, man, I want a reproduction of that one. This deer would come to this one stand every day, man. And he'd walk, almost walk right up to the stand, you know? Man. And, oh, yeah. And uh, we said, man, we just, that deer, I'd, I'd say, well, I'm going to go to that stand. I'll take a hunter to that stand. And uh, we said, well, we can't shoot this deer. We, we're kind of saving him. You know, he's breeding. He's breeding stock. <laughs> but boy, well, I've never, I've never shot a deer with a drop time. I haven't either. I have made it, and uh, we had one hunter that uh, we were going to let shoot this one deer with a drop, and and uh, the race manager hunted hunted this guy, and he called me and he said, "Hey, he said uh, you need to get over here and help us find this deer." I said, "Don't tell me it's the drop time deer." He said, "It is," and oh, so I no. went over there. Well, they'd shot this deer, and they shot him head on, and that's a terrible shot, you know. And uh, this deer was standing looking at the stand straight away. And he shot the deer. The deer fell down, really fell up against a fence, Bob wire fence. And he dropped. Well, there were pigs right along there with him feeding. And he told this guy, he said, get your gun out this other window. These pigs are going to come out on this other sendero. You'll get a pig, too. So he turned around, got his gun out the other window. Pigs came out on this other sendero. He popped a pig. So here he's got a buck, a drop sign deer. He's got he's got a pig. So they're high fiving in the stand. Everything all right, man. They get their cameras out. They climb down out of the stand. They walk down there, take pictures of the deer, and the deer is gone. Oh my gosh! Here's this drop sign buck is gone. Oh well, lord! That deer jumped two fences. He jumped two fences, and he's in that heavy brush, and he's gone all in that uh, cat claw brush and yeah he's gone so i i went down there and i, I met him down there where they lost track of him lost uh, the blood trail and we tracked that deer uh, for several hours just looking for blood trail and finally lost the track well five years later we're doing the flyover with the biologist and uh we saw the, the skull we saw the rack and the head and everything and uh, from the helicopter, and I and I marked it with my handheld GPS, and went back and, and got it, and uh, it wasn't chewed up real bad, you know, it wasn't bad at all, and we uh, we called, uh, called five years later, five years, yeah, my gosh, yeah, it was in the heavy brush, right, and uh, and called the guy and told him we had his deer. And uh, he said, well, I want it. I want it. So we, we got it to him. But it wasn't, luckily, it wasn't chewed up real bad. Right. You know? But uh, five years later, we found that deer. Amazing. Amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. So he did die then. That's. Oh, he, he finally died. Yeah. But he was way back in that heavy brush, heavy cat claw and all that stuff, you know. But from the helicopter, we found him. Yeah, I bet the coyotes had a field day on him being all crippled up like that. Oh, you know they did. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, they had to, man. But, uh, and you know, I mean, well, you know how it is from that helicopter. I mean, 
on the ground, that brush looks real, real thick. But from the helicopter, it doesn't look that thick. You know, it's pretty sparse. But in that particular case where we found him, it was thick. Oh, my goodness. To go look for him, to get that head and horns, I, I put on heavy coat and gloves and everything to go in back in that brush with all that cat claw and everything. And I mean, I still came out bleeding, <laughs> I guarantee you, you know, looking for that deer head. You know how that cat claw works. Oh, oh it, it reaches out and grabs you. You don't even have to get on it. Oh, I'm telling you, it does. Stuff's nasty, but man. It, it is. It is. I had a hunter the other day, um, and we were. He, he had shot a coyote, and the coyote ran off. And we were looking for that coyote, and uh, he knocked him down, but the coyote ran off. And I said, um, I, he said, well, what's the, you're talking about this cat claw brush. What is that? And I pointed at it, and I said, there it is right there. I said, just kind of lean up against that with your jacket and see what it does. It's like and it throws that stuff in you, man. Oh, yeah. It just grabs you, you know. He said, oh, my gosh, I see what you're talking about. I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, that stuff's bad news. I said, I guarantee you go back in that brush without gloves on or anything, you'll come out bleeding everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that stuff's bad. It's bad yeah, news. It is. But, uh, but anyway, I'm glad to hear those those deer are starting to shed already. Now, now's the time to start feeding protein, you know. Right. Shoot we're, it supposed to get, we're, we're supposed to get a load of protein in pretty quick and start filling those protein feeders. Boy, how high now, is that stuff a pound now? Oh, gosh, I don't know. With the way the economy and stuff is, I bet it's high. Oh, you know it is. You know it is. And, huh. You know, like I told you uh, one time on the air, one time years later years ago uh when we had a bad drought those those deer were eating three thousand pounds of protein a night on that ranch. my gosh you put a pencil of that, that yeah, do the math quick. on that in about a three-month period Ooh, man make you make you run away i'm telling all right you, lynn let me I'm... knock this break out i'll be right back buddy hang with me all right all right well, I need to take a moment to tell everyone about Boyd's One Stop. They're the home of the supercharged, super slimy powerhouse. Croker's located right at the base of the Texas City Dyke at 227 Dyke Road. And if you're looking for quality live bait for your next fishing trip, look no farther than Boyd's. From their tanks to your live well, that bait's as good as it can possibly be. And there's no better way to live your bait than with their oxygen response system. You can check them out on display there at the store if you need more info. Call Jason Cogbert at 281-701-8107. And Boyd's this time of year, they've always got great specials on shrimp and, you know, all their wild-caught guff shrimp. No farm raised at Boyd's. If you're looking for the big U-10s, the 912s, 1518s, they've got them in great prices. And check out their Cajun Grill. They all they turn out some pretty good food out of there, too. Go to boydsonestop.com, or you can call them, 409-945-4001. And when you do, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. Super Sunday, 518 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's go back to Lynn Smith. All right, Lynn, we're back, man. 
Well, we got to start thinking fishing now. Man, I know it. Uh, it's uh, it's almost fishing season. <laughs> boy, I'm telling you, man, it is. I, I tell you what, uh, those boys fishing down there in Corpus this weekend, they had a good payday. Yeah, I saw a couple of eights yesterday. They busted uh, a couple of eights. You know, I, I was surprised the first day nobody did, but uh, yeah, you know, they had a couple of big sevens, but it. I never did get the final. I know the Blackwell boys, those brothers and their partner, you know, the three of them, I think they ended up winning yeah. Big Trout Stringer. Those guys are the real deal. You know, I got yeah. some friends that fish with them. Yeah, Colton, yeah, Colton. And, and his brother. Is it Chase? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, Colton and the Blackwell boys. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they're the real deal. Very nice, super well-mannered, and just excellent guides. And, uh, yeah, they, good uh, fishermen. Yeah, they are. They they got it going on. Oh yeah, and, uh, Colton's a nice kid too. I, he, that's what uh, I hear. He's he's the grandson of this friend of mine, and uh, yeah, he's a good kid. And uh, they had a great payday. But uh, anyway, they they did good. They were in second. I could place use one of those. <laughs> Couldn't you? Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. But uh, you know, this time of the year, there you, you're going to be wading a lot of mud too, and. Uh, I'm I'm through wading mud. I'll guarantee you. Yeah, oh, I'm, man. I'm, I'm, I just I'll, I'll have to concur on that one, brother. Yes, sir. Boy, I tell you what. A few years ago, I I ran back into into Pringle Lake one time and had three guys and and uh, these fish had been hanging out in this one pocket. I swung around in there and we jumped out of the boat. I waited about thirty yards. And, <laughs> And I just I hit the power pole, let the let the boat drift to me, and I got back on the boat. I said, "Uh, uh-uh, this isn't for me. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done waiting that mud. I'll use that uh, that trolling motor." Yeah, man, the, my old hips and everything just can't handle that mud anymore. I used to wade that mud. I, I've waded all the way across Pringle Lake one time chasing a school of redfish, then had to turn around and wade all the way back to get the boat. But. Uh, Man, not anymore. Mm-mm. That's a done deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, with you, brother. That's that's for the young ones. Yes, sir. My hips are wearing out. They're starting to burn on me now. Are they? Yeah, when I when I wade mud or whatever, boy, they burn. Mm. Man, not bad wading it's... sand. Not wading yeah, sand. Yeah, hard bottoms, but you can do fine on it. But uh, yeah, it's the way you're having to pull your. You know, pull your legs out of that mud. That's what bothers my left knee, man. You know, that bone oh, really? on bone, no cartilage. Yeah, it just it burns it up. Yeah. Man, my knees aren't bad, thank goodness. But uh, those hips are I mean, that's all all I got is that one bad one, you know, and it just, uh, you just got to mm-hmm. watch what you do. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, part of getting old, man. That's part of it. But uh, you got to hang in there. Keep going. That's for sure. But, yeah, fishing season's here, man. I tell you what, I, uh, I started to go out uh, yesterday. I started to go out, but then I had to uh, I had to run errands around here and do stuff, and I thought we were going to get rain, but we didn't get rain. didn't happen. <clears throat> but, uh, no, we, I had anyway. a little bit yesterday morning, but, uh, you know, it all stayed above us, you know, and yeah, training to the northeast up there. So that's a good thing. Yeah. I didn't want any more of that. No. Mm-mm. no. Yeah, I think uh, that Blackwell bunch, their stringers yesterday, they're 
trout stringer was 20.50, 20 and a half pounds. And, uh, oh, that's good. They had a 765, a 648, and a 637. And uh, I'm seeing where uh, Castillo caught a 816. They had third place uh, trout stringer yesterday. Sweeney had a 813. Uh, Baggett had a 831. So there, there's three, three eights right there. Mm. That's, That's awesome. Good fish. That's some good fish. Yeah. This is the time to catch them. I mean, this, you know, I love catching those big trout in this kind of weather. I mean, this is when you catch those big ones, you know. This is when you get them. I mean, you know, I, I caught my, my biggest trout came in March, early March. And, um, man, I'll tell you, it was, it was raining cold nasty it seems like that's all the that's when you always catch the big ones you know mm-hmm. man never fails well those, those and, you know, uh top three trout stringers pretty strong man for six yeah. fish two days it uh is. blackwell's bunch had uh 3309 castillo and colvin and naglin had uh 3274 boy they were right on their heels that's right and, close uh, mm-hmm. baggett baggett and neiman had 2941 that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Very impressive. Right there at them. Yes. Now, where do they where do they fish next? Which tournament they fish next? I don't know which one's next. I know uh, they're not coming to Galveston. <laughs> Can't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I think they go farther south, don't they? Uh, yeah, maybe they are doing a Mansfield this year. I don't know. They voted on that, and I forgot to see which three, you know stops they made but uh uh-huh but combined stringer you know just in you know they throw a red in there hmm. you know they have i think they have a side pot and all that but uh man what a what a deal oh i'm telling you and i never <clears> did <throat> hear how you. the west end tournament went up here yesterday i think they had their west end tournament out of west bay in Galveston oh, really? yesterday too. Uh, I hadn't heard anything. Hmm. So. Well, that was impressive. I mean, they had some good strings. They really did. Yeah, mighty well, pretty. We kind of knew it was going to be good because leading up to that, there was a lot of good fish being caught down there. Beautiful fish. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, you get me fired up, man. Yeah, how's yeah. things in your area? You hear anything in, in your area? Any of your buddies doing any good? Just. Uh, they're, they're catching some decent fish, nothing real big from what I'm hearing, right. but uh, but some decent fish are showing up, yeah. So that, that's a good sign, you know. Uh, a lot of redfish, of course, you know, right. catching red, but uh, they are catching some decent trout. So that's that's a good thing. But uh, Yeah, there's just, there's just not a lot of fishing pressure right now. People are starting, you know. Yeah. Not a lot of that's, people that's going right. right now. That's true. And then, uh, of course, I'm I'm fired up getting ready for the fishing show. But um, I'm fired up ready to go to that because I I enjoy going to the fishing show and seeing what's new, walking around, seeing right. what's new, and and uh, talking to everybody. And it's like uh, like a family reunion, you know. Mm-hmm. Get to see everybody once a year and shoot the bull and compare notes and. Yeah. Um, it, it's a good time this year. I'll I'm gonna go over to the um, 
a Laguna booth, Laguna Rods, and that's where I'll be. So um, I'll be hanging out over there. I got to have my booth this year. So um, and then Tommy, that's what you were telling me? Yeah, yeah, you said Tommy was going to be there. Cool. He's going to be there Saturday. He'll be there Saturday. So uh, that'll be good seeing him over there. And um, so I, I talked to Tommy, and he's I'm fired up to see him. He he came down to Port O'Connor oh, a few months ago, and we shot the bull quite a while. But uh, anyway, it's kind of funny because uh, I talked to him a couple of days ago, and he uh, he asked me, he said, when does uh, Josie's have uh, fried chicken? <laughs> uh, that fried chicken in Port O'Connor. I said on Thursdays. He said, "Well, I, I'm gonna get my my nephew and and uh, drive me over there, and uh, we'll have fried chicken one day." I said, "Okay, <laughs> come on." <laughs> Good boy, he loves that fried chicken at Josie's. So uh, we'll get together for that one one Thursday. But right. uh, but anyway, it'll be good seeing him uh, on Saturday, and then I do a seminar. I think at eleven thirty on Saturday at the show. So that'll be good. But no, I'll be at the uh, Laguna Rod booth, and uh, I'll invite everybody to come by and see the uh, rods there, too. The, the extreme rods, the medium uh-huh. light is what I what I use, and uh, right. I really like that. Rod. I don't know if, you, if you've ever thrown that rod, but it, it No, really I've never good. chunked their rods. I've chunked a bunch of them. I've never thrown Lagunas. It, uh, try that one. Try, try that extreme uh, medium light. And uh, medium I, I really light. Like yeah, I like that one, and uh, and I use their their uh, heavier rods, that liquid is what they call liquid and spinning rods, and that's what I use for my customers. And uh, uh, that's a good, you know, stout rod, and uh, it's almost indestructible, you know. And uh, I use them on those uh, on those reds especially, and uh, it'll it'll put some heat on them. I guarantee you, <laughs> it really does. But uh, but anyway, we. Uh, uh, I'll be over there and kind of uh, show show some of those rods and some of the customers and stuff. But I hope some of my customers will come by. I hope to see them, some of my old customers. But I'll be hanging out there Friday and Saturday, so that's where I'll be. Yeah, cool. But anyway, it, uh, yeah, boy, there were some uh, boy. I tell you, you talk about some big fish. You know, we were talking about down south for the trout and everything. But man, Sam Rayburn put on a Man, what a display of giant fish weighed in in that Major League Fishing Tournament yesterday, the really? second day. Man, there was a third biggest sack, I think, weighed in ever on Rayburn. Uh, Marshall oh, really? Hughes had 38.7. That, that's a mega bag. And uh, his kicker fish was an 11.6. And uh, mm. that, uh, but, uh, that didn't even get big fish of the day, cold breeding. Uh, weighed in a eleven twelve. That's almost twelve pounder. And then pre fishing before this, a guy caught a uh, thirteen something, a big thirteen. Oh, you know, good grief! For this tournament, yeah, Rayburn's uh, the big bass are biting. My goodness, man! You know, I can I can remember back in my old Boy Scout days. I was up in um, in East Texas at Boy Scout camp, and we were we used to wade a creek up there called Cow Creek. And we used to wade that creek and uh, use our fly rods, and we'd wade right down the middle of that creek. It was just gin clear, and uh, and we'd fish the edges of it and the little pockets and stuff. And we'd catch, you know, brim and and bass in those pockets. <clears throat> and I waded waded up to the, the bank and got up on the bank and walked around a deep hole, 
and uh, I, I was waiting along the bank, and I looked down in a in a gut there along the bank, and there was a bass laying in this in this hole. That was the biggest bass I've ever seen in my life. I mean, this thing was huge, and it had a it was on and and it was laying there. It had a had a male, small male with it, you know, and uh, that thing I don't know how much that bass would have weighed, but oh, it had to be thirteen or more. You know, mm-hmm. God, it was bigger. It was big, but that's the biggest bass I'd ever seen, and it was in that creek, in that Goodness. little old creek. It was huge, but um, God, it was big. That was way well, I back. Tell you, there's some big, big, uh, big sacks. I mean, for two days, Marshall Hughes has got fifty pounds, fourteen ounces for his ten fish. Alec Morrison, mm-hmm. forty-four three. Jake Lawrence forty three nine, Cal Lane forty three nine, Drew Gill forty three three. Man, I mean, that's uh, man. There's like for ten fish. There's uh, <laughs> there's like eight eight guys with over forty pounds or better. That's just nuts. Good grief! That's good, that's good fishing, man. Oh, I'm telling you, big Those old shows. Yeah, yeah it's they- uh. That uh, that that darn uh, groundhog may have been right. Early spring. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Good the grief. fish are reacting to it anyway. <laughs> yeah, duh. Yeah, boy. Well, it sounds like I'd spring love is... to catch a big old double digit bass <clears throat> like that. Golly, I'll, that oh, would be I... so awesome. I've never caught. I got a I got a nine twelve, the biggest I ever caught. You know legit but i don't fish for them enough to deserve a fish over 10 anyway i didn't put my time no. in like these guys have but boy no, i'll tell I you that'd be, that'd be something i haven't bass fished in years but i can remember the first bass i ever caught on a on an artificial lure i caught it on a jitterbug i'll never forget that the old jitterbug uh-huh was it yep. black mm, no it wasn't black it was frog colored Froggy, yeah. Frog colored jitterbug. Yeah, it's kind of green and yellow looking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but boy, I'll tell you what, they used to make some noise. You know, they'd make noise, yeah. and boy, those bass couldn't move, stand move it. Water, you know, wag and walk. Yeah. And. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was it was in Port Arthur there, and we would we'd go up a bayou, uh, Taylor's Taylor Bayou. Bayou. Yeah, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, my, my older brother. That's he. Uh, when he lived in that area in the Golden Triangle, he fished that all the time. He had a bass boat, and uh, man, he used to catch some catch some bass oh, going yeah. up Taylor Bayou and and Big Hill Bayou. Big Hill. Big Hill. Yeah, up. he used to talk about Big Hill. Oh yeah, those are real good. Big Hill was a real good bayou, clear as it could be. You know, I, you know, I saw a I picture went, yesterday. Somebody caught a, a 15-pound bass out of the Sabine River. Really? Yeah. looks like he caught it off the bank. Huh. Yeah. Man. How about that? Man. Nothing surprised me anymore. <laughs> you know, man, oh, man. I, I, no, doesn't surprise me. So many people fishing no. freshwater this time of year. That's why you see all this. A lot of lines oh, yeah. in the water, man. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I tell you what, it's been kind of quiet around here 
Uh, it has over here, like, too. I mean, everywhere. It's been kind of quiet except, you know, for the tournament fishermen. Right. Exactly. And uh, I don't know if it's the weather or what, but it's been kind of quiet uh, at the ramps and everything else. And, of course, it's going to be quiet today because of the Super Bowl. And uh, I think everybody, a lot of people staying home, you know, going to parties, Super Bowl parties and such as that, which is what I'm doing. Uh, we've, we've got a Super Bowl party today. Well, so, there's going to uh, be a lot of food and alcohol consumed today. So oh, you know it. it. Hope they're still you awake for when it comes on. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. It's going to be. All right. Let me knock this break out. I'll be right back at you, Lynn. Hang on, buddy. All right, man. All right. Well, I need to take a moment to talk about the 49th annual Houston Fishing Show. So if you're going fishing, don't. Not till you've been to the 49th annual Houston Fishing Show. That starts next Wednesday, February 14th, runs through Sunday the 18th. And it's all going to be held at the George R. Brown Convention Center. We're talking everything for the fishermen, all new rods, reels, lures. There'll be factory reps there displaying all their new products and answering your questions about anything. And they'll have guides from Alaska to South America. And uh, we're talking dozens of fully rigged boats on display. So if you're shopping for a new boat, check it out. They have some good deals there and hundreds of kayaks also. And clinics by expert fishermen. They'll be covering salt and fresh water. And don't forget about the kids' clinics on Saturday and Sunday afternoon. They'll, uh, you know, get the kids out of the house, take them out there. They'll have a good time. Plus, they'll go home with some cool stuff, tons of giveaways. So if you love to fish or just want to learn about fishing, don't miss the 49th Annual Houston Fishing Show. Check them out at HoustonFishingShow.com. Captain Mickey for the Belleville Meat Market. No place better to shop for quality cuts of meat or have your processing done all in one spot. You can't beat it. And uh, we're talking uh, smoked sausage samples. They're available daily in the store for you to try out before you buy some sausage. And full, a full menu of pecan smoked barbecue, they serve that all week long, Monday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And check out a ground beef special they always have there, three fifty nine a pound when you buy a 10-pound bulk pack of eighty five fifteen. And you can gear up for the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, USDA choice briskets, pork ribs, and smoked sausage available and competitive pricing on smoked sausage. Just call and ask to speak with Ben. And if you want to get some really good processing done, get you a quarter calf or a half calf. They'll custom process it for you. Wild game processing, they're making their Vinny dogs and hog dogs. The Belleville Meat Market celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Well, he must have thought that it was quite a joke, and it got a lot of laughs from a lots of folks. It seems I had to fight my whole life through. Some gal would giggle, and I'd get rid. And some Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. It is 540 here in the Bayou City. All right, Lynn, looks like you're uh, you're doing your seminar Saturday at 1130 a.m. Yeah, that's, that's right. Fishing yeah, for trout and reds in the Port O'Connor Back Lakes and Shorelines. That's, that's it. You got it. You ever caught yes, a trout sir. before? <laughs> uh, I've caught a couple. <laughs> caught a couple? <laughs> yeah, my footprints are all over the shoreline. Boy, I'm telling you. <laughs> 
Yeah, it'll be like the the uh, dinosaur footprints that they find. They'll find mine uh, along these shorelines a, a thousand years from now. That's like that yeah. story Mike Williams wrote a long time ago called "Footprints in the Sand." Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. They'll find our footprints. I'll guarantee you, because uh, we we've left them. Believe me, from here to Cedar Bayou, they're all. Oh over yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guarantee you that. Oh, Jay Watkins said he's he's seen me on that shoreline a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jay Bird. Yep, yeah. He's fishing down at Mansfield right now. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, he goes down there every year, you know, in the winter. Uh-huh. I don't blame him. I goes like down that there area. to stick a, stick a pig, man. Oh, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling There's you. been some good fish caught down there oh. this year. I can imagine. I can't imagine. Well, you know, now that they've, they've got Cedar Bayou open, I mean, that really helps us in uh, in Ayers Bay and, and uh, Mesquite Bay and all that. That And San Antonio Bay, that, that really helps us. I mean, as long as you got that current moving, you know, you got that water flushing in and out of those bay systems, that helps a lot. Keep that, keep that Cedar Bayou open. But it's hard to keep yes. it open. That's the problem. I know, but uh, it uh, well, they spend millions of dollars to close up some holes and millions to keep some open. So I, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't, does it? No. Yeah, it doesn't. <clears throat> yeah, I, I couldn't believe when they they shut down. Uh, you know the the opening over there by you. Yeah, rollover. Yeah, that uh, rollover. nobody. People are still. Uh, there's still a lot of mad people over that. I knew it was well, yeah. going to be that way, but we tried what we could do, you know, support-wise oh. to keep it open. I was, you, know, you just ain't going to beat big government and big money, man. It ain't going to happen. No. I was there for the grand opening of Rollover Pass. Were you? I wasn't even born was. yet. Or I was barely born. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a youngster. Well, I was a youngster too, but I was there with my mother and dad, and we we went there for the grand opening. Yeah, I remember watching people. They they had the opening, and uh, there were people six deep standing there casting over everybody. Yeah, and they were catching those big golden croakers, man, fast as you could throw in. I remember that. That was unbelievable, and uh, there were so many people there for that grand opening. It was it was incredible. But uh, we had a cabin. Uh, my mother and dad and I had a cabin down there at Gilchrist, and uh, not too far from Rollover, and um, for several years. And we fished in East Bay, and we had it on the East Bay side. And um, anyway, I hated it when my dad sold that because I love fishing over there. But boy, I just couldn't believe when they decided to close that up. I thought, what are they thinking? What are these people thinking? I know. Man. My grandmother used to take me all the way down there. We'd ride it ferry across when I was a kid, and my mom, and just it just, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I used to have a croaker run that was just phenomenal, you know, oh, in the yeah. fall. Good Lord. I mean, big, giant croakers. Two at a time, oh, double yes. drop leaders. Yes, sir. Fast you can trout, trout as long as your leg. Oh, man, what what a deal. Yeah. Flounder run, second to none. Yep. Yep. And, oh, 
Yeah, and right out in front of front of the pass, right there in the surf. Oh, it was just incredible. Oh yeah, I mean you wouldn't yeah. believe some of the stringers I saw growing up. You oh, know, yeah. guys, and I was too little to wade that current and everything, but I'd watch my dad and and everybody wading around that mouth, you know, in the surf, catching these huge oh, fish yeah. on mirror lures. Man, you know, I got a oh, bunch yeah. of old photos here in my studio. My old buddy from Baytown, Steve Lyles, had them made up and. uh enlarged of photos from back in the 50s you know of rollover everybody shows you know shoulder to shoulder elbow to elbow and catching fish pretty crazy man lined up down oh, both yeah. sides of that pass pretty crazy yeah exactly and they think there's it's fishing sad. pressure now <laughs> oh yeah that's sad though gosh almighty i was telling somebody uh we were talking about it uh, just earlier this week and I said, you know, I remember being down toward uh, Ayers Dugout in that area down right. here. And I remember wading that shoreline and looking down both directions and not seeing another boat as far right. as I could see. And, uh, I mean, I had the whole shoreline to myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, mean, I, I can remember that like it's today. And you, if you saw another boat pull in all day long, I mean, you, you felt like they were invading your privacy, you know. Right. <laughs> Not you know, anymore. Like you, <laughs> you know. Boy, that's oh. some good country down there, man. That's There's been some really good good sacks. Well, back when I had the Trout Masters series, it, uh, man, there were some good fish came in from Ayers, you know, in that area, oh, Mesquite yeah. Bay, St. Charles, San Antonio. Oh, that's one of my favorite places in the spring. That's I hang out yeah, there a buddy. lot. God's yeah. country. I, one, one of the one of your tournaments, uh, one of the Trout Masters tournaments. There's one of the guys from Galveston. I forget his name now, but uh, we were we were at the weigh-in, and he was telling me. He said, uh, he said, man, he said, I was down there by Ayers dugout, and and uh, he said I uh, I waited uh, down that shoreline. I never saw so many stingrays in my life. Oh, and he I'm said, telling you. He said, and I got up on the bank to, to walk back to get my boat and I almost got struck by a, a rattlesnake. He said, man, y- y'all got, y'all dangerous down here. <laughs> y'all got some, this place is dangerous. Well, the most That's I've it. ever, the most I've ever seen was down there. We were waiting, you know, uh, you know, the entrance to San Antonio Bay, you know, where those drains come out over there on that South side where well, I was mm-hmm. being my son and a buddy of mine and his son were with Lowell Odom. We went from goose island and ran up there and uh we were waiting boy there was trout all in there i mean it was crazy on 7m mirror lures but the, I, mickey ray and i had to get out of the water the stingrays were so bad i mean we i mean they were bumping into our legs swimming all over us hundreds mm-hmm. of them and lowell yep. laughed at me said oh man you galveston guys y'all you know well we can't see ours up here we don't have that clean of water but uh <laughs> they're there yeah but the next day, okay. Lowell bit went back there with a party, and he got. That's when he got stuck right through the Achilles tendon. He was down oh for six goodness. months after that. Bad deal. You can well, have that's that. where I got hit. That's where I got hit. I was down by Air's dugout, and I, I stepped on one. I was wading up to the shoreline, and my customer said something to me, and I turned to talk oh, to him. Oh God! I took a step to my left, and when I took a took that one step to my left, I stepped on that ray. And uh, and he hammered me. He he got me just below my calf muscle. Ugh. I felt his tail. I felt his tail wrap around my leg. Yeah, they and wrap he, that tail around you and just pull it in there. 
Oh, he hammered me, boy. And then he took off to my right, and he jerked that, he jerked that uh, barb out, but he jerked my leg out from under me. He jerked me yeah. off my feet. Well, yeah, it's got yeah. little harpoons all over it. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's like barbs. And, and, and then when it, if it goes to the side, when it does pull out, it'll leave a big old incision. It'll, it'll make a good cut. Oh, gosh, yes. He, he jerked it out. and I mean, I had a hole in my leg. looked like I'd been shot, you know. Well, at least it didn't yeah. break off in there. No, it didn't. Thank I've seen that happen before, too. You know, on a big one, they'll break them off in there, and then you got to go to the emergency room, get them cut out, and then you got a hole in your leg for six months. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this doctor that I knew in uh, Port Lavaca told me that uh, he called me after that, and he said, he asked me, he said, did they x-ray your leg? I said, yeah. He said, well, the problem is, he said, that barb goes in. It's got little little uh, barbs all along the edge of that, that barb, and it's got little curlicues on it. Well, those curlicues break off. They come right. off of it, and that's what stays in your leg, and that's what gets it infected. Well, yeah, that causes a big-time infection. Oh, big time. And I had I had on a brand-spanking-new pair of neoprene waders. It was kind of cold that morning, mm. and I had I just taken them out of the box. And I had a pair of those uh, old Hodgman black boots, you know. Yeah, those zip-ups. Yeah. Yeah, they called them, we, we called them, uh, uh, what, her, uh, what do we call them? Gorilla boots is what we called them. Moon yeah, boots, gorilla were, boots. <laughs> yeah, we called them gorilla boots because they were, they were black boots, but they had Kevlar on top. And uh, that bar went right through the top of them and uh, through that Kevlar. Oh. Well, Kevlar will stop a bullet, but it won't stop an ice pick. And it went right through him, you know. Mm-mm-mm. And he pulled out when he took off. You could see the Kevlar threads sticking out. Dang. And um, I had put in at Charlie's on Lane Road there. Well, I I pulled up there, and and uh, Shelly Gray was standing there, and she, she knew I had a party that morning. She looked up. She said, what are you doing back? And I pointed at my leg, and I had blood running down my leg. And, and more mouth fell open. She went, oh, my God, what happened? And I said, stingray. And she said, you weren't wearing your boots? I said, I was wearing them. It went right through them. And she went, oh, my goodness. She said, well, I wear those. I said, well, I'm sorry. And well, they so, kind of like, don't work. <laughs> yeah. So I, I pulled my boat out and unhooked the boat and left it there and then went on into Port Lavaca to the hospital. Well, uh, when I got back uh, to get my boat, well, there was a crowd standing around my boat. And uh, Shelly was there, and, and they had my boots, and they were all looking at the boots. And uh, well, the threads were sticking out of that boot, and so I got out and I was talking to them about it. Well, boy, I mean, the word got out, man, and Hodgman, Hodgman took that boot off the market. And uh, they redid the boot. And uh, anyway, when they once they redid it and everything, uh, they sent old Gary Gray a, a pair of those new boots. And old Gary had a big barb off of a big stingray. And he told me, he said, he took that barb and he jabbed that boot twice. And the second time he jabbed it, it went through that, that top of that boot. Nope. And he said, uh-oh, this won't work. <laughs> no, nah, it ain't going to work. That's... No. So they quit making that boot. Yeah. Well, I hope that those Bart's Bay Armor that I wear, I hope they work if I ever need them to. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, I don't know, I don't know about Kevlar, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I wear those uh, walking weights. Uh, I mean, uh, 
uh, Everlast wraparound. Everlast. Yeah. The wraparounds, and I've, uh-huh. I've actually. Oh yeah, the uh, guards themselves that you. Uh, uh-huh. uh, yeah, wrap around your legs. I got you. Yep. I, I remember I've Paul. Paul. Uh, what was his name? The guy that had uh, walking oh, weight. Yeah, Paul Pering. A, Paul Pering. Paul Pering. Mm-hmm. I used and, to wear uh, he those. Made, he made those. I've still got one of them old wading belts. I bet it's thirty-five years old. Remember the back support oh. ones, the wide ones. That, I did uh, too. Mm-hmm. I've still got it. I I wear it every once in a while, but uh, man, it just looks so bad. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's not even too. black anymore. It's all bleached out and looks terrible. Yeah, but it I've works. Still got one of the old, some of the old walking ways. Yeah. You know, Great parts, but um, don't wear them anymore. But uh, no, I wear the uh, Everlast uh, wraparound ray guards, and I've stepped on the rays wearing those, and I've felt them slap me, pop me. Right. You know, I, I just have a hard time sliding my feet. I just really do. And uh, but you know, I, I got down to Greens one day, and you know, you know how many stingrays are down there by oh, Greens Bay. Oh gosh, it's terrible. And uh. I had three customers, and I, I had those ray guards on, and I said, uh, guys, I said, I, I got these extra ray guards, and I said, um, uh, there's a lot of stingrays here. And I said, you're more than welcome to wear these. And uh, I got them for the customers, and this, these guys were good fishermen. And I, they said, nah, we'll just slide our feet. And they were wearing the neoprene, you know, little wading booties. And I said, uh, okay, whatever you want to do, but there's a lot of stingrays here. And they said, no. Oh, no, we'll just we'll just slide our feet. Well, there were a lot of redfish in that area, and you know where there's redfish, there's stingrays. Always, and, uh, always. So we get out of the boat, and I'll guarantee you, we didn't wade thirty yards, and everybody were throwing gold spoons because there were so many redfish in there, and we didn't wade thirty yards, and two of them foul hooked stingrays with the gold spoons. That's how many stingrays were in there. Oh yeah, we used to do that on the North Shoreline East Bay. There used to be them. Big nasty ones over there. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that, there were just so many in there. And like you say, you know, you'll be wading along, and those stingrays are feeding on what you're stirring up, and they're exactly. bumping you in the back of your legs. You know, they're bumping you in the back of your legs. Now, don't take a step backwards. You know, just do not step back. And that's where a lot of people get hit. They set the hook on a fish and take a step backwards. And they step on that ray. That's yeah, I remember when I was a kid mistake. wading behind the pass, you know, down there in West Bay when I was a little kid, five and six years old, following my dad and Uncle Joe and them around. And, boy, well, I used to be scared to death, them stingrays following everybody. I'm just, I didn't like that as a kid. I still don't like mm-hmm. it now, but back then it was pretty scary. You'd look oh, behind yeah. you and there'd be two or three of them following you, you know, in your mud way oh, yeah. where you're stirring the bottom up. Golly. That, that's right. Well, that's that's the whole thing. They're just they're feeding on what you're stirring up. And, but my dad goes, "Don't be afraid of them. They're swimming around. They won't hurt you. Just don't step on one." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, if they're, well, I'm that, seeing this many. There's got to be a bunch of them on the bottom. Oh God, yeah. Mm, well, that's like mm, that's, mm. that's what I say. You know, I tell people, do not take a step right. backwards. You know, well, Lynn. I got a roll, man. It's already that time. I can't believe how time's flying. If somebody wants to call you about fishing this this spring, how they get a hold of you, buddy? All right, man. They can give me a 361-935-6833 or come see us at the fishing show, man. There you I'll go, buddy. There. 
All right, man. Glenn, always a pleasure. Wear them ray guards. See you, man. Oh, yeah, man. I'll see you at the fishing show, Mick. All right, dog. Later. All right, that's Captain Lynn Smith. It's time for our top of the hour break and the national anthem. We'll be right back. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.